0: Okay guys, welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and episode number 19. So today we are joined uh, by one of the the, the biggest names in the the fitness industry and definitely the bodybuilding industry. Um, So we are joined by Jordan Peters. Um, So Jordan, I'm going to let you uh, basically introduce yourself, give the listeners a bit of a background if they've sort of been living under a rock and don't know who you are. Um, So give them a little bit of background on you.
1: That's a very kind introduction. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm Gordon Peters. I run a training, an online training company with my partner, Corin. Um, uh, background-wise, I started competitively bodybuilding when I was 18. Prior to that, I was playing rugby. Okay. And when I got playing rugby, I needed something to channel my competitiveness and I was already pretty good at lifting weights. I'd had some good experience and being taught by good SNC coaches. So at the age of 18, I already had a good understanding of how to grow and and, and, and make big leaps forward quite quickly, which was fortunate. So I, I took to bodybuilding really very well. And then I decided quite quickly that this was a path I wanted to go down. So yeah, At that moment then i went to loughborough to study sports science okay and this was all all evolving around immediately like my love for for gaining muscle
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It, it took hold of me very very quickly and so straight away i knew that's what i wanted to do and that's what i wanted to spend my life doing be it either competing or learning about it and then what evolved now into probably what I'm best at which is coaching so following Loughborough I then did my postgraduate in nutrition mm-hmm. with the CSN, and then now I'm doing a masters in exercise physiology at Manchester Met that's where I'm at kind of education wise competitively mm-hmm. um, this year I won my NABBA pro card by winning the NABBA world champs awesome um, I've been trying to win one of those NAB International shows for a few years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the standard is very high. Um, so I was happy this year to have brought a look that was good enough to do that. Um, so that's that's <laughs> me that's where i'm at and um yeah hopefully that's enough info
0: yeah awesome definitely obviously a lot of people will know you and i've definitely sort of that last comment as well i've been following you for a while and i know that you know you've been working extremely hard to sort of get to that level and yeah i think when i sort of saw you achieve that it, it, it i felt like i was sort of a little bit a part of your journey because I'd, I'd followed you for so long and that was you know really cool to see you finally achieve that It reminded me a little bit of sort of when I followed Dusty Hanshaw and he turned pro. It was like that sort of, you know, always trying to grind to get to that level, and it was awesome to see it.
1: I mean, um, it was really nice. I had some incredible support for that show. Mm. I was was really blown away, actually, by how many messages I got, and and just it was it was so nice. Um, Mm. And that reconfirmed to me again that I'm doing the right thing when response was what it was, because um, um, don't get me wrong, I could have been better at that show and I don't actually think that was a particularly hard show, so I may have been gifted that card to an extent, but the reaction that I got completely um, overshadowed any aspect of that, because it was just so happy that, um, like I said, it just reconfirmed to me that, like, obviously I'm helping people and then people are showing that support back and um, that was that was a, a nice moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, so, Jordan, I really wanted to sort of today delve into um, an aspect of sort of how to maximize uh, muscle building um, for a potential sort of young individual. So, the listeners to this podcast are, are generally sort of younger individuals, and um, like we discussed off air, they're generally sort of natural, drug-free individuals, which we'll touch on later. Um, but what I sort of wanted to do in order to get a good answer from you on this question, because I know that it's something that you. Really Really specialize in. Um, I wanted to sort of give you the scenario of some a young guy or or a girl for that matter uh, comes to you um, and sort of inquires. They want to build as much muscle as possible. Um, now, I want first to ask sort of a very broad question as to how you would potentially structure uh, some a young individual's training uh, for that goal.
1: So What what we have to bear in mind is that with that kind of um, low level of time in the gym, someone in that scenario is going to reap the benefits from training body parts at an incredible high frequency. It's mm. um, simply the matter of the more often you do something, mm. the better the results you're going to get. Now, as you grow bigger, that, that does become... Uh, Less so, and I don't think you can train things as quite a high frequency as you can when you're a complete beginner. You, you could literally go in and train the squat or a squat variation every single day. Mm. Um, because as soon as you start to learn motor patterns and movements and you learn how to recruit muscles, you're going to grow. And initially, for a novice trainer, Those aspects are key because your ability to recover isn't so much an issue because the stimulus is so novel that your body will adapt regardless. Now, obviously, if your training volume is too high, when your training frequency is high as well, that's going to put you at a big disadvantage to, to, to growing. So if you were to go in and do full body sessions every other day or at least then you like training more often than that which is sometimes what i find that i have novice and young trainers come back to me that they want to be in the gym more mm-hmm. which is fair enough and i do understand that so then in that scenario i would then put them onto an upper lower split yeah they possibly run upper lower rest or upper lower upper lower rest so it'd be four on one off and what determines that is just about their recovery capabilities um so when you're training at that kind of frequency you need to make sure that your training volume is relatively low yeah and to rather maximize the sets that you are doing the intensity has to be very high so these cannot be sub max sets when the training volume is low and that's very important you cannot leave reps in the tank you can't think to yourself well I've got four work sets here so I'll eventually reach failure by the fourth set because you can't afford yourself that option when training high frequencies because you're going to overreach and then soon your lifts will regress. So typically you're only going to have one or two sets per exercise and you need to really, really make those count. So let's say take an upper body workout, for example, we may only have four sets total for chest and that could be two exercises of two sets each now four sets total for chest seems like not very much work but you and i both know that it all comes down to intensity as opposed to the actual amount of work that you're doing because you can stimulate more than enough growth from four sets of chest yep. you know, just how hard you attack those sets um so then it would be four sets of chest then maybe four sets of shoulders then maybe two sets of, of direct tricep work, then possibly four sets of back. And that could be your upper body session. Okay. Um, and the, those sessions, when they're done properly, are hard sessions. Um, on paper, the the, the the work, the total work amount might seem low, but then in terms of exercise selection, when we're only affording ourselves a certain number of sets, we want to be prioritizing the key compound movements. So with a lot of my novice trainers and my the young trainees, they won't be doing very much isolation work. The goal needs to be increasing overall body mass and we're gonna do that a lot more efficiently from using key compound movements. Yeah. So things like cable flies and cable pushdowns and leg extensions in this phase don't have a place in my body.
0: now now a question on that how long do you think you should even like consider not having them in a program like do you would would you say there's a there's a sort of time period in which you wouldn't use things like that in a program
1: or does it depend on the individual i mean i i didn't use those things for a very long time um because they just they, they brought nothing to the sessions for me yeah i mean if If I had done dips and I had done narrow grip bench press, a rope pushdown is not going to bring much more. And when I then think, in three days' time, I'm going to be training these muscles again, as soon as I put that work in, through those dips and those narrow grip bench presses, my goal then is to focus on recovery, Mm -hmm. not essentially beating up a muscle that you've already stimulated adequately um the question then is when do you bring them in yeah you bring them in at a point where you need more overall volume to get the stimulus required because i i do believe there reaches a point where you need more sets in a session
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it doesn't necessarily mean then uh escaping into high volume training where it's 25 to 30 sets a body part because i'll never be an advocate of that no that to me just doesn't make sense but you will reach a point where four sets for chest then won't be enough mm-hmm. and you may need eight sets or ten sets and but i don't feel you're going to hit that point until a good two years of training hard and logbooking your list yeah maximizing what you can get from your lift progressions until you then need to factor in what extra work can i do to try to bring about a hypertrophy response um, sure. and obviously when you do add those sets and your volume increases this is where your training frequency then must decrease and you then might evolve into a split that looks like a push pull leg split yeah where you're then training body parts maybe Twice over eight days, as opposed to training them three to four times a week. Um, but I feel the the most amount of progress can be made in those early phases. Now, I also don't isolate this to novice trainers. Okay. i I will put back in someone that's quite heavily muscled into an upper lower split if this is going to be a novel stimulus. Yeah. By that, I mean they just haven't trained like this before. They haven't yeah. logged their sessions before. Yep, yep, they yep. haven't utilized the idea of low-volume, high-intensity training. Now, they could be pretty muscular. So but you if think they, they can still the benefits? Absolutely, yeah. 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 And it's quite interesting. I've had three or four guys this year that are, are advanced guys. They've got a lot of muscle. And I put them back on upper-lower splits, and they carried on making phenomenal progress Mm -hmm. the whole way through their preps yeah then think well actually i'm advanced so i have to go back in at like a push pull leg split or a four-way split if you haven't utilized these training techniques before i would say go all the way back to the start of the process and see what you can eke out from the initial plans
0: yeah i really do I, i think that's a superb point and i think that now sort of with with me having a viewpoint on sort of younger individuals i think more people are like they're starting at the the experienced ends they're starting at sort of that low frequency high volume method to training and then they're, they're they're slowly feeding into the upper lower splits um that seems to be something that's happened more and more frequently and that's actually probably where i came from um is i probably came from a high volume low frequency and then came right back to low volume high frequency um that's something that i've been doing for for a long long time um so yeah i think that sort of the a question that i was going to ask you sort of throughout that as well was um in terms of what you've seen with individuals especially maybe some of your your younger clients um is there any sort of time scale that you would see someone continue to make uh, linear progress in the gym, uh, and when do you think that sort of tails off? And has, have you had sort of any sort of stories of uh, maybe a client that that's just made phenomenal progress, just just com- like n- absolutely no sort of uh, stopping them in terms of their linear progress in the gym? Um,
1: I I've seen it. It it, it is rare. Yeah. Uh, there obviously has to be a point at which that linear progression is going to halt. Um, what what I've noticed with the individuals that are able to make that progress for a long time is they all have similar characteristics in yeah, terms of that. the way that they go about things. They are low stress individuals. Yep. They manage their sleep very well. Yep. Um, it seems that their sole focus is the gym, but <laughs> that is a lot of people's th- as well but it's it's more so that their ability at managing their recovery but kind of by accident is Hmm. very efficient because they're not even focusing on recovery it's just the fact that they're such chilled out people and they don't have a job they don't have stresses they're kind of living at home still yep uh, they they have their parents buying them protein and in these scenarios is it's often then I make some really, really good progress with these guys because they can just live and breathe this stuff. Um, And and it's interesting how the other factors of life will start to impact on your ability to recover from your training sessions. Um, So that's certainly so. uh, For those that still live at home, make the most of that because uh, when (laughs) when you get into the real world and stresses start to hit you, you're probably not going to be able to grow as well
0: yeah i definitely agree with that i think the the best progress i've seen either with sort of any anyone that i've worked with or myself has been yeah in those low stress time periods uh when sleep is just on point everything's on point you're you know you've eaten your meals for the day you've stayed well hydrated um it's just about sort of ticking those boxes and creating that that right environment to progress
1: absolutely this all is you, you, you've probably heard me say that phrase before, just tick all those little boxes. Yeah, probably have. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. And then if day in, day out, you're controlling the variables as best you can, then you're going you're gonna to be in a really good spot. And it's managing stress takes practice. Yep. But you, you can get good at doing that. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to grow so well is um, I, <laughs> I've got good at avoiding stress. So that will come down to then time management and then being organized and ensuring that you prep your food efficiently and you plan your days efficiently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like when, when I go to bed, this is obviously pretty extreme, but on my phone, I'll type out the times for everything that I'm going to do the, the, the day that's coming up. Nice. The exact time I wake, what time I have breakfast, the time I take my dog out, then all the timing for everything right until I go to bed. Um, Now now that that sounds kind of monotonous and and like, to some, that will be a horrible way of living. But to others that really buy into this lifestyle, I can assure you that being that organized will really help you a lot. Yeah. Um, Because then everything clicks into place and and everything is, is... consistent and the more consistent you can be with everything in your life you'll better be successful in, in everything that you do be it your studies your work and your body mm-hmm. um, and then i apply that kind of methodology to everything that i do
0: yeah um, it makes a massive difference for sure and i think that that that's that's something that i always i always preach as well it's just that that routine if you if you know that something is going to work especially sort of when you're doing something as serious um as a bodybuilding prep you you're you're going to need routine and you're going to have nothing to fall back on when things go to shit um so i think that's a that's a really good point um in terms of uh what i wanted to ask next is uh when someone gets into the gym um, they tend to, I think, sometimes uh, too soon, um, they develop an idea that they've got weak body parts, um, and it's something that I probably experienced when I sort of started training. I was comparing myself to sort of other physiques, and you know what it's like now with sort of social media, etc. Um, people compare, like, putting up comparisons of themselves to others. Um, now, when do you think? it's the right time to decide that okay I've got a weak body part let's improve it and do you think that there's anything that sort of helps you uh, decide that like for example do you think you have to get lean before you decide uh, that you've got a weak body part?
1: Um, I, I would say for the, the younger demographic that it's nothing to even see, and um, I, I I haven't been to a junior show where I've thought, "Wow, that's some, that that person there has incredibly lagging hamstring." <laughs>
0: like
1: all I've thought is, these guys all need more muscle. Yeah, that's the consistent thought process across it all. Um, and generally, that's the same across like first timers, even at like adult level. Yeah. Novice beginner classes, it's very rare that you'll see people with imbalances. I don't believe it's until you've been training for a, and you, not even necessarily the amount of time you've been training because mm. you may not have even been able to grow that well. But yep. not until you cut on maybe. 20 to 30 pounds of, of, of weight yep. where you'll be able to establish some things aren't growing as well as others but even then it's still not anything that i think needs addressing drastically okay the the, the notion of of weak body parts is a strange one and i I don't really think it applies until you get pretty big, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it does it does depend on how big potentially you can get, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, on the whole, I think people get a little too caught up in this idea of I need to bring bring up lagging body parts. I think yeah, for sure. You just focus on just getting everything big. Um, and, and if if you're training appropriately, then largely everything is going to grow anyway. Um, most people really have lagging body parts from what I've seen because they've been lazy at training them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that I, think, I think that's one of the main things. Now, obviously, there will be some structural issues in that you might have someone that's in a phenomenal presser, but their shoulders and their triceps dominate the press, so their chest becomes lagging. Yeah. Um, or vice versa, that their, their chest will dominate the press, as will their triceps, so then their shoulders will lag. Now, there are scenarios such as this, um, and in that situation, it then does come down to changing the exercises to ensure you're recruiting the target muscle as efficiently as possible. But that could literally be down to something as simple as if you've been focusing too much on barbell pressing. To, to simply start then using dumbbells where you can allow your humerus to come to the midline of your body. And it yeah. will be weeks like that. But on the whole, I think as long as you're training very, very hard and your exercise selection is good, you're not going to have the issue of lagging body parts to even worry about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I definitely sort of agree with those points. um I think that maybe sort of do you think that maybe younger people are more sort of trying to assess weak body parts too soon because there's a rise of, of younger competitors? Do you think that that's uh, maybe why some people are sort of looking at their physiques on stage, uh, getting sort of feedback from judges and then maybe sort of thinking that they start need to start prioritising on a body part?
1: Yeah, it, it's possible. Um, I mean, but again... There, there, are some good younger bodybuilders around now. Yeah, and it, for and sure. It is surprising how good some of them are getting. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not terribly up to date with the young talent in the natural bodybuilding uh, circles. Though, I'll admit that. Yeah. But I, I imagine just because of the access to information now, from a social media perspective, people will start doing this younger.
0: Hmm.
1: For sure. Um, that by the time people get to the age of 18, if someone's pretty smart, they could already have four years of really effective training under their belt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that can make a big difference. So then I suppose if you're comparing yourself to those, then you are going to seem like you have lagging parts in, in, in areas. Um, but like I said with the the, the training set up at the beginning... yeah. If you go in and you do upper-lower splits and you train like that for a year solid, it's impossible not to grow. It, it really is mm-hmm. And everything will make progress to an extent.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely agree with that also. Um in terms of uh, log booking, I know that you're like absolutely massively huge on log booking the, the training and how how important would you would you say it was as a factor in in sort of the whole sort of thing in terms of growing muscle for a, for a younger indiv- individual? How important would you feel that log booking from the very beginning is in terms of the, the hierarchy of, of of building muscle?
1: Um, I- I, I, I do a seminar at the moment that's probably like two and a half, three hours long, some of them are stretched onto. And I, I have a slide where I, I talk about logbooking. And I literally say, if you only take one thing from this seminar today, please take away that you must logbook your sessions. Um, I think the changes that you can enable in a physique are incredible from in doing it. There are days where you'll go in the gym and you'll start to warm up and just during your warm up sets you'll feel shit. Yeah. And if you decide the intensity of your session based on those warm up sets it's quite likely you won't get as much work done in each session as you possibly could. I certainly know that to be the case with me and my body at the moment. Because I am beat up And I'm constantly on the verge of overreaching. So I'll warm up and I will think, holy shit, that felt heavy. And I'll slowly just work my way through my warm ups. And then eventually I'll get to my very last warm up set and my body will start firing. And I'll be like, great, I'm ready to go. But if I didn't have the fact that I'm going in and I'm progressing my logbook, I may not even let myself warm up to that extent. To where things start to then move freely and they have decided i'm just going to do a 10 rep set on this weight because this feels kind of heavy yeah Uh, and that's what people will be guilty of um it will give people the option to cop out if they aren't logbooking their sessions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah and then i know that people stop logbooking their sessions because their logbook starts to scare them (laughs) yeah but those that really pack on a lot of muscle will start to revel in that period of time where their logbook starts to scare them because once you hit that point where you look at your session and you think holy shit this is those are the sessions that will change you hugely and if you string together a 12 week training block of sessions all like that and you manage to get through it without getting injured or getting ill you, you will adapt mm. like crazy I've had those runs where by the end of it, I've looked at the progress in certain areas of my physique and I've thought, wow, that Hmm. really, really really was a very efficient run. Um, And logbooking will allow you to do that. Um, So for those that are listening that potentially aren't logbooking their sessions, do so. And don't then just think, oh, it's okay, I'll, I'll save my sets on my phone. Or I will remember my main sets in my head get a physical logbook and take pride in that because that is your new training bible. and when you become pretty good at training your logbook will give you feedback because when you start to stall on lifts out of nowhere you'll know, okay, I need to address something, why yeah. did do- rest that lift am i not resting enough am i training at too high a volume am i training at too high a frequency do i need to increase my calories do i need to deload these are the feedback that you can attain from logbooking. um whereas if you aren't training okay. at that absolute limit of your capacity first of all you're not going to make the progress and secondly you're never going to really know do things need to change mm-hmm because you're not on the point of pushing your body to forcing an adaptation, um, and and so log booking is is absolutely essential.
0: I totally agree with that point as well. And in terms of my own progression the the my logbook I I wouldn't I wouldn't ever train with it ever again I don't think um and I think that I've made the most progress out of logbooking every single session and uh, I was laughing when you sort of said when it starts to you know sort of scare you a little bit is you know when when things just progress so well in a training block and you start to think surely something has got to potentially stop at some point um and you know when you're on a good run you just think you know when when is this going to end um and one question that i did have about sort of log booking into the future is that i sort of i put up a post um a few days ago about log booking and um some of the comments from older individuals sort of suggested that when they when they're older like they're sort of 10 years into training they they know they know how they know what weights to use and it's sort of all in the top of their head but my sort of thoughts with that like is surely they don't want to progress anymore because you can't possibly have it in your head exactly what you need to do to progress um and would you agree on
1: that um, yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm sure that those individuals that have been training for that long know what kind of weights they need to be using. Yeah. But th- that statement alone uh, has defined their want to grow, in my opinion. Um, so, strength is pretty much an infinitely progressive tool for most of us. I mean, until you're as strong as Eddie Hall, yeah. Keep going, yeah. Because you can. It's it's crazy how how strong you can get. Um, the, one of the main things that will hold you back is injuries, mm. and that downside. But as long as you're patient with the manner in which you progress your lifts, and you one one of the most frustrating things that I see when trying to get stronger is people testing their strength. Um. And by that I mean they'll do one rep maxes and three rep maxes. Okay. Um, And that that to me is the worst thing that you can do as a bodybuilder. Uh, Testing your strength is irrelevant.
0: It's a very specific task, isn't it? Testing strength. Um,
1: And if your body's not prepared to do that, you will get injured. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no way just I could go into the gym and perform a one rep max squat bench or deadlift without maybe eight weeks of trying to get my body ready. And even then, I may still get injured. Wow. Because I haven't been able to to do that frequently enough to put my body through those stresses. So don't test your strength. Train your strength. So if you want to get really, really very strong, don't worry about what you can one rep max. Focus on what you can do for 8 to 12 reps and keep going until that's a very big number. Mm. And and if you're progressive with your food and your recovery is on point and your training plan is put together efficiently to maximize recovery, you'll be able to get incredibly strong. Like I've seen some of the lifts that you do now and um, you're 20, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I'm 20,
1: yeah. Don't see very many natural 20 year olds being able to do what you can do
0: <laughs> thank you very much
1: especially with the squat
0: yeah, yeah that's, my, um, that's my forte
1: that, that's it's very very impressive
0: thank you very much
1: um I, i'm trying to think back when i was 20 and obviously i was using i was using steroids at that time and i'm not sure i could do then what you can do oh, i don't wow. i don't think i could not, not. Uh, I'm th- in fact, no. I'm fairly certain I couldn't do that then. Wow. Um, and and that shows the effectiveness of log the log booking and really understanding the the training that you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because obviously, all, all through that period, I was, I had a kind of a grasp on frequency, volume, and intensity, but I didn't even know what those words were. <laughs> so I couldn't explain it the way that i can now yeah whereas the fact that you can shows your grasp on that as a 20 year old which is then why you can do what you can do and if the younger person takes this on board now and they take you as a role model for this as an example by the age by the time they get to the age of 25 potentially what they could be doing is mind blowing it's crazy yeah it is, but they, they need to. You need to be smart in this approach, and this is this is one thing that I massively credit the natural bodybuilding scene for. They are way more in tune intellectually with how to build muscle, you think? because I, I I know I know this from dealing with clients. Wow. Um, whereas the assisted side will be way too caught up in the drugs. Okay. Whereas the natural side don't even have drugs as a luxury. Mm. So they have to think, how can I grow? So then their understanding of, of, of these aspects is, is much better. And, and this is what I've found to be the case with most of the natural bodybuilders that I've, that I've spoke to and I've, I've worked with.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, So that's that's a great thing, how, how smart the natural bodybuilding community is. Yeah. It's kind of a sad thing how stupid... Some of the assistant bodybuilders can be because they get too caught up in the drug side um but no all credit to you i think that your understanding of these topics for a 20 year old is pretty special um thanks very really, much no, so yeah you should you should be very proud I, I don't want to say that in a patronizing way i don't no, mean, not at all but i think when i think back to like i said when i was 20 I was good at what I did, but I just I didn't understand it. I just intuitively knew what to do <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah and I've always intuitively known what to do in that sense but but having a grasp of it really allows you to then auto regulate your training and make effective things and, and that's what's so important is understanding these things.
0: Yeah, I absolutely and yeah, thank you very much for those comments Jordan. <laughs> they really I really appreciate them. Um and I think that, you know, uh, the the way I sort of I've progressed most is is exactly what you said, you know, it's it's the minute the minute I got coaching, then the minute, you know, I you know, I reached out to someone when I was 17 to get coaching, um 17 18 years old and I had them for a year and the the, the amount I learned in that year was was ridiculous but it but it gave me that understanding um, and then all i wanted to do ever since that uh, was to develop the understanding um mm-hmm. uh, and you know the more i have the the the, the, the better bodybuilder and uh, the stronger i've been able to become so um i totally agree with you on that um i did sort of have one more question for you jordan not to hold you for too long um but what i wanted to ask is in terms of um, learning for uh, the, the younger athlete obviously you know podcasts like this etc is, is great um, but in terms of where uh, young athletes can go now to, to sort of develop their knowledge uh, where do you think is some places that, that you would recommend and feel free to sort of you know shout about your own members page etc but where do you think you could go to, to learn as a younger athlete now
1: Um, there are still good forums yep um, where I was reading, when I was
0: seventeen,
1: eighteen, was intense muscle. Okay. Um, which is, it's it's not what it was, but the the nice things about those forums is that those posts that I was reading when I was seventeen, eighteen, are still there. Still there, yeah. And they're still gold dust in terms of the information that's available. Yeah. And some of the. Older guys that are very good on there do still post. And there's a handful that are exceptionally smart. And obviously, Dante Trudel was a regular there. And Dante being the founder of DC Training, which is probably one of the original low-volume, high-frequency training splits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of his information that he wrote was kind of initially recorded on Intense Muscle. Um, okay. And that was the first places where I started to read and 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 try to get an understanding of these things. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I, I would definitely advise those checking out that forum. Um, then other good places. What was it again? I was I was really fortunate to to work with Dr. Scott Stevenson, okay. who, in, in my opinion, is probably the smartest most switched on individual I've ever met in, in the bodybuilding world. Um, there's, there's a vast gap between researchers and professors and mm-hmm. practitioners in, in the bodybuilding world. Yeah. Whereas he closes the gap perfectly um, in the way that he understands both sides. Now, I I know that to be even more true now, being back at university again, is that some of my professors are incredibly smart with physiology, but they haven't got a clue how that would be applied to bodybuilding, which is interesting, Yeah, but it's apparent. So you have to then find a way to bridge that gap, and people like him do that exceptionally well. And there are a handful of these guys. Eric Helms is good. He's just got his PhD. Yeah. Um, who are the other lads' names that are part of that group? Uh, Team Three DMJ. Yes. Yeah. So, um, all of those guys are very, very, very smart. Yeah, they uh, are. And anything that they put out, I would make a big effort to read. Um, because that 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 information is quality so i i I would seek out everything that they're doing um specifically as well because they're 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 focusing more on the natural Natural scene which is important because as soon as you start mixing too much with the assisted side it changes the rules in terms of recovery capabilities Mm. and this is going to be one of the issues now Obviously the physiology doesn't change and you can adapt to your training somewhat. But I think for the individual people it's prudent to learn from good natural coaches. Yeah, um, absolutely. The, the content that I put out most of the stuff that I put out pertains to both. Yeah, so i agree. I'll try to explain more what underpins a good training plan in terms of managing your volume, your frequency, intensity, and now that applies to both. Yeah. My site would be very useful, but as well, in the same breath, my site has a lot of drug talk.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: A big thing for me is, is honesty, um, and that's something that frustrates me in the, the kind of assisted world of bodybuilding is that a lot of bodybuilders will be very um, uh, concerned about sharing what they take and what they do. Okay. Um, Whereas I I don't believe in that. I believe in sharing everything. Yep. But if you do go to my site, obviously expect that there will be a lot of drug talk. Um, And if that's something that you're interested to learn in, then I think some of my videos on my site that talk about the first cycle you're going to do and really understanding that. Yeah. Probably really beneficial for you. But if you have no interest in in that kind of stuff, then I think that, that... there are probably other sites that some of these natural guys are offering that are probably going to be more beneficial for you
0: absolutely no i really appreciate sort of your your honesty there with your site and also sort of recommendations to sort of the the natural side of things and yeah i'd sort of back that up with sort of saying that you know uh, the 3dmj side of things they do you have like a, a pyramid uh, book which you can buy, which is like an ebook, which is very, very good as a resource um, in terms of learning? If you wanted to go that direction, um, but yeah, I think sort of mentioning your site is very important because I am sure there is some younger younger people out there that are sort of in that stage where you know they, they maybe are sort of considering that side of things, um, cool. and it's best that they obviously stay
1: safe and have the knowledge. It, 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 crosses, it crosses a lot of people's minds at some stage. Um, one of the things that um, shocks a lot of people is uh, h- how blunt I'll be in terms of warding people off from of using these things too early. Yeah, um, I believe I started using steroids too early.
0: Interesting. And I
1: believe I made a lot of mistakes very early on in terms of how I went about using steroids. Um, so a lot of the information I put out will be based on the understanding of i've managed to build a lot of muscle naturally yeah. but i made mistakes yeah so if if i could go back and i could do some of that again i know i could be even bigger now and even better um so that's a lot of my site is geared around trying to make sure people don't make those mistakes so the, the, the advice is very honest yes yeah. and um, and and the, the feedback is that people find that useful, which is good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you've. Um, how many members have you got on your site at the moment, Jordan? Uh, we
1: we're very close to a thousand. Wow, now.
0: that's incredible.
1: We'll see. Uh, the The site numbers come in on the twenty second of every month. So this this month is is growing well. Yep. we ended the last month on, I believe, eight. 170 members but so far this month i've had 125 sign up wow um obviously every month as well we do get unsigned because people will uh, sign up watch all the content and then unsign which is absolutely fine because yeah. if you take all that and then save yourself some money i'm fair enough un- for that that's fair enough yeah. um, so we get maybe 50 unsigns a month as well okay um so but then what I notice a lot is those guys then two or three months later they come back and they sign up again. Mm. And then they finish everything and then they unsign again. So they're just they're just being smart in terms of saving their money, really. mm-hmm. Um but I think we'll be very, very close this time to a thousand. Wow. That's and if incredible. if we'll over the moon, because that was a goal because the site's been running now for just over two years. Okay um, and it was my two year goal to hit a thousand members. Wow. So if we can be
0: there at the end of this month I'll be very happy awesome that's going incredible <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um, so uh, finally Jordan obviously I'd like to uh, massively thank you for sort of coming on and, and uh, giving up your time and i also like to mention that I did literally contact Jordan uh, pretty much yesterday so this guy yeah. is super responsive um, so thank you very much for this mate I really really do appreciate your time Um, um So final thing is I want to basically give the listeners a chance to sort of follow you and also um, inquire about sort of any of your, if if they're interested in your services or want to chat to you more, um, is there sort of give your social links out um, and sort of any contact details that they might need.
1: Absolutely. So our website is trainbyjp.com and that's where you can subscribe to the member section of the site. Cool. Then my Instagram is trained by JP and then the Facebook page is is trained by JP and then obviously my my partner Corin plays a huge role in what we do yeah Um, of course she is uh the 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 hardest working person I've ever ever been around wow that's bar none Um. um and so for the for the female listeners uh there's, and, and for, the, for the male listeners because she'll probably out you <laughs> there's a lot to be learnt from from watching what she does and, and the way that she goes about things um, she's British, European world powerlifting champion as well as uh, having one of the best physiques in the country so she's very very meticulous in what she does yeah um, so between us we obviously run Train by JP and mm-hmm. if um, you're interested in our coaching services then obviously feel free to drop me an email and um, I'll see what we can potentially do
0: for you awesome, Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it, thank you very much for your time again Jordan Um, is there anything you'd like to add at all or um, is that it cool awesome, thank you very much for your time mate and uh, yeah, listeners uh, I will see you uh, in the next episode episode number 20 Um, and thank you very much for watching cool, thank you